Hey Legionnaires, General Kara Organa here. If you've got any young Padawans listening, now might be a really good time to send them off to the Jedi Training Academy because listener discretion is advised. Hello there. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, an unlikely band of nerds united over their common love for the Star Wars Legion miniatures game. We Are Legion is a podcast dedicated to coverage of all aspects of the hobby, from competitive play and list building, to painting, modelling and terrain building. And now, here are your hosts. And welcome back, Legionnaires, to We Are Legion, a Star Wars Legion podcast with a down-under flavour. I'm your host, Senior Exhaust Port Designer Fang, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts... Support Officer Cooper. And Intel Officer Luke. We're back! Did you miss us? So, guys, it's been a little while since uh, our last episode, since the end of Season 1. What's been happening? Let's not talk about the news. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Legion. <laughs> well, I mean... That, that th- way leads some... to darkness. <laughs> there is some news in Legion, but... Yes. We'll get yes. to that later. Okay. Um, I've been slowly driving myself insane, painting clones and building droids, specifically those two actions. I mean, that is literally the worst of both worlds. Painting clones, building droids. It's the <laughs> shit part of both factions. On the other hand, I now own five units of Phase 2 clones. So for all of those listeners out there, Ooh. I apologise. I bought all of your stores out. Luke? But why? <laughs> but why? Someone's Cause, loaded. Because phase twos are amazing. And NZ had a couple boxes to spare. Oh, you bought them all the way from just, New Zealand. Mr. That's Cooper is sitting here just like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> like, fuck it. So, so we'll premise this. I had this idea that I wanted to run a five phase two unit army and only owned two bo- well, three boxes of phase twos. Um, and then I scoured the internet and it came down to the point where I was in... Czechoslovakia or no 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 Kazakhstan Kaz- was my favourite there was there is a gaming store in Kazakhstan shout out to them yeah you got a game so got a game where everyone again yeah buying them from I love that I love like how this clearly logically progressed where you're like oh I have this like pretty wacky you know like pretty skew like you know. Um, not that it's not good, but that I need like an extreme amount of like a pretty rare unit at the moment. And most normal people would be like, I need five. I only have two. Guess it's not going to happen. You're like, that's just a challenge to me. <laughs> that's, uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be some somewhere in the world. Oh, Kazakhstan? That's no barrier. He's like emailing gaming stores in the UK and whatnot going, you know, I've got family over there. I could get it shipped to their house. And then get them to ship it to me, but is it going to get stuck in customs for ages because of all the COVID stuff? <laughs> I'm just lying next to him in bed going, oh God, please make it stop. Yeah, there, there were a good three hours on a Sunday morning, and that was not a sleep-in Sunday morning either. That was like 7am wake up, wacky idea, let's go down this tangent, where I was sitting there going, I need more phase twos. In the end, shout out to uh, Mighty Ape and NZ, not only did they own a store, but they actually had four boxes. So, emphasis on the had, right? Like, had, had. So, for our New Zealand listeners, we are sorry. Yeah. Well, Jeremy's not. He's 100% like, you you chuckle fucks got what you deserve. You should have bought it while you had the chance. Just going to say, to our New Zealand listeners, thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, my legion hasn't been as wild and uh, economically devastating. (laughs) 
<laughs> as that. Um, yeah, I mean, I got uh, man, I got gifted a friggin' uh, not 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 like in a cool way, uh, just because Nick is the the bum, like full maker agent. Nick is the bum dot com, and my birthday has been recently. Star Wars Day. Yeah, yeah just Star cash. Wars Day. Just cash. Um, so he got me the AAT, which I 100% need to put together, but I have had one game game with it um and i'm sure i'm gonna have like thoughts about it but as a model it is super sick um and then i've now just picked up uh Aiden and then k2so and cassian and i think the models for them are really cool and i've got a couple like a couple of games either with or against Aiden, which has been really fun um and it's just been nice to be like obviously you know everything's been corona affected he, he did stream one of those Aiden games. Yeah. You can catch that on the MOTF channel. Well, the second one will be as well, because that was what... So, Tom and I played a game. Uh, spoilers. Uh, you know, Daddy One Kenobi once again proves to be my bane of existence. If you want to win on the <laughs> channel, just just run Obi-Wan. Um, so, that's what I needed to do all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and play good, Jeremy. Like, <laughs> But... But no, it's been really fun. Like, to, Yeah, right? Like, it's been really fun to actually, like, play in person again. Uh, which has been nice. Obviously, like, restrictions have eased a little bit. I mean, that's why we're back, right? Because we can now have four people simultaneously in the Legally. one room. Legally. Yeah, it's right? all above board. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lawful good person, so that shit would be hard. Whereas I'm chaotic <laughs> neutral, so I would have done it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, chaos is a ladder. Like... <laughs> So um, at the at the start of this pandemic and the start of the lockdown, I was like, hell yeah, you know, I'm going to do so much uh, hobbying. Um, I uh, assembled and undercoated a whole bunch of stuff, like 30 minis, um, you know, I'm going to get clear all my backlog. And how many of them have you actually painted now? Look, it's more than zero. Yes, <laughs> my man, more than zero. Yes, but definitely and, less than thirty. And I'm going to say that none of those are B ones, right? So it's none of that like Luke's really quick bloody dip and flick. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't a dip and flick. I, I, I like <laughs> give me some credit. It was at least applied with a paintbrush <laughs> and then a flick. No, it sounds no like some ball. some dodgy technique you would you know watch on some adult sites. <laughs> like, oh, he did the dip and flick. <laughs> Yeah, where do you think I got? Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I had a very, I had a very similar experience where I completely. Uh, so I, I've had that rebel army staring me in the face for what? Well, that's the problem. It's not even like it's not even a good rebel army, right? It's like all of the components. That you're like, well, this is just I have a, bi- a pile of trash that I can put into like, yeah, sure, into a list. This um, will this will also lead into a later segment oh, on sure. this episode. I'm sure. Um, and but I but I wanted to do it and um, and I did like a couple of units and I undercoated everything else and then I totally hit a brick wall and I was like oh I guess I'm coming back to this after the pandemic is over aren't I? Because uh, it's not happening right now. But all my droids except for the tank, uh, which has only been recently acquired, uh, uh, have been painted. Uh, I mean, as recent as a month and a bit ago. Right, like don't have me like that. Right, like. I can't complain. I have six units of B1s to get through. And yeah. only two B1 upgrade packs because I've already built two. Yeah. Hashtag they suck. <laughs> so They're actually the worst thing to build. Please. I'm not sure whether to spend my eight hours free time painting phase twos or building B1s. It's, it takes about the same amount of time. This just to me just sounds like, you know, like like the Simpsons in hell, right? Like with like Homer and the donut machine where it's just like, you can have all the miniatures in the world. Like... No, I would not like to paint phase twos or build B ones. I would rather, you know what, just just on an, just on end a, it for me. Please. On an up yeah. note, painting phase twos, a hundred percent more fun than painting stormtroopers. Why? Because they're not entirely white. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So right. you can you can f up, you can fuck up, and like miss a bit here and there, and then just fix it later mm. with another color. Right. Hmm. Unique squat markings. Hmm. Yes. Mm. Well, you know, like you got to think of like five's chest with the the five fingered hand on his chest plate. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! I just messed that up. Uh, somebody put a f- handprint there. Done. Yeah. That's character. Yeah. That's character. I yeah. hear ya. You're just like Bob Ross, just happy little accidents, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> so, um, I'm hearing, you know, we're all doing some hobbying through this, um, you know, pretty extraordinary period um, yeah. in the world, in Australia, uh, which is great. Um, you know, we... we uh, not quite hitting our grand plans. Uh, we've we've set off uh, set off on at the start of uh, the lockdowns, mm. but we're getting shit done, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, and then you know we now now we're coming um, out of the lockdown, coming back to uh, a sense of normality, some sort of normality. Um, it's time to get back into Legion, you know, get back into hobbying and uh, gaming again, mm. which is great. Um, so so speaking of Legion. I think you know one one of the um, uh, I guess biggest things that have happened uh, in the in the hobby, uh, which has um, you know I think really impacted on the community, is the price rise. Oh yeah, um, I'm ready so for it's some not a happy controversy. <laughs> let's do it. Let's <laughs> get controversial. It's, it's not a happy go. safe topic, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I do kind of feel like we we need to talk about it. So I'll premise my position on this. You get a preface. I'm... You get a preface, son. Yeah. No, oh. premise. Well, all right. All right, word nuts. <laughs> Use the correct word. Dude. All right, all right. All right. Hit, hit, hit Taika Watiki. Oh, poor Luke Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll preface my position of saying that I'm going to have to be the naysayer and say price hikes aren't that big of a thing. However... Well, I mean, you just bought five phase two, so clearly, clearly price not a thing for you. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, Money I, machine goes. I, <laughs> I have a limited amount of funds every month I can spend on hobby, and I just managed to squeeze enough out of that hobby fund this month to get enough phase twos that I had. I feel like maybe his suit for when we get married is just going to be made out of legion boxes. boxes. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think of the money I'm saving? <laughs> uh, so yes. But so you're good with the price hikes. <laughs> I'm not... Okay, I will, as a game, I'm prefacing this. I have lived through 20 years of Games Workshop price hikes. One every now and then is okay. And I'm not entirely satisfied with all of them. But mm. I think some of the price hikes were needed going into a better quality model, yes. Mm. I mean, I agree with that. Um, you know, <clears throat> inflation, um, you know... Shipping uh, costs going up. Economy, shipping costs, um, the economic crisis we're going through. Um, so, you know, it, it's... There are definitely, I think, legitimate reasons for a price uh, price increase. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is, this is... Some of them are... For me, so major... You know, speaking it, of this those, is this is on a different level. Yeah, so those tanks were, I think, again, I'll start with the ones I don't like. The tanks being so expensive. Yeah, I mean, how much are they? Like, what's their AAT? Hundred and twenty bucks. Hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty for the AAT. You can basically Australian? buy a. Like, yeah, dollar, everything we're going to be saying is going to be in dollar dues, people. Not real money, just fake, fake monopoly. <laughs> it, it, it's, okay. it's it's cheaper than NZ, but still more expensive than the US. So you guys will get there eventually. Yeah. But effectively, you can buy a Legion core set for the price of an AAT tank. Which is crazy. Like, yes. That's bonkers. And you get mm. much more well, value out of the core some set. some comparison. While, you know, I, I understand the price hike of, say, uh, 
what am I thinking of? Not phase two because they went up to 70 bucks a box and I'm still salty at that. But I thought he was on the side that he was okay with these price hikes. It's like, well, I'm not okay with this, and I'm not okay with that. Stormtroopers and B1s going up an extra five bucks. Like the the, the box, which is thirty five bucks, forty dollars is still, you know, yeah, you're paying I... nearly seven dollars a miniature. And if you compare them to say Games Workshop, who you're paying between eleven and fourteen dollars a miniature, right? Same thoughts. Um, yeah. So there's um, there's obviously that. Um, that big difference between the newer releases, um, mm. so how much their prices have yeah. been been increased compared to, you know, the existing uh, releases, the the um, products that have been available for a while. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, and that's that's pretty normal as well, right? In a sense, um, you know, you charge more for your new releases. That's the or, thing that yeah, like everyone premium, wants to get and they get, products, right? yeah, they get a, a, I guess, extra sense of enjoyment, uh, thrill, excitement or out the, of um, the new releases. Yeah. Well, the funny thing with but, that is, you know, again, I kind of come back to buy this much, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. I was chatting with a guy at Games Workshop, uh, or sorry, Warhammer, uh, my local one yesterday, and we were discussing the individual character releases of Legion and or like all of the games in the store that he was managing at the time. And his direct quotes were, I don't understand how we sell these miniatures, like the, the individual character models, when they're this expensive. Legion mm-hmm. still is cheap enough that that's fine. Because the big thing to note is the character models haven't gone up. So the, the $20 mm. models, the single miniature models, their, pro- their box price has not gone up at haven't all. Haven't it? Are they no. still the same? Okay. They're still the same. Iden and Cassian. I mean, granted, they're two two miniatures in a box. Yes. But they've gone up a lot. You know, it's like forty bucks for two miniatures. For two miniatures, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. twenty. Especially Iden, where the second miniature it's is like a tiny literally a yeah, rice grain. Yeah. Um. So I'll say, so I'll jump in. I'll I'll say the big one for me is like uh yeah I'm definitely not spoilers. I'm definitely not a fan. Um, <laughs> now, and like I agree, I agree. I think we're like we're like obviously we're all aware of the fact that you know like you have like prices will increase, right? Like you're gonna have inflation, and then obviously we've entered this you know pretty pretty crazy economic uh, period. Uh, obviously, the issue on the consumer end is that 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 never goes down, right? It's it's like oh, it's gone mm. up, and the market will bear that cost. Guess what? It's never going down. It's never going to decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, assuming, you know, obviously the exception being that if there's like a certain unit that's not especially popular and then stores are trying to offload that, that's like a different, you know, it's a different situation. I think the big thing for me is maybe, you know, maybe it's my stupid like monkey brain, but yeah, I, I think the real killer is the the stuff like the Phase 2s and the B2s, which have jumped up to, you know, like $70 a box, right? And I'm, you know, I remember when we, I first started Legion and got into Legion and you're like, when you were buying additional squads, it was like what forty dollars? Thirty-five yeah. for the the rebel troopers. And the so, I mean, that, I mean that like that helps my case, not you know what I mean. It doesn't. No, no, it, I, I, <laughs> I'm agreeing with you on that part. You can yeah. buy two of those for the price of a phase two box. But more importantly for me, right, is that, and I think a lot of I think a lot of people are like this. For me, what was great about that, even at like the forty dollar price point, is that in my mind I'm like it's left less than a fifty, right? I'm thinking about like the note, whereas in my head. While I understand that 70 is closer to 50 than it is to 100, my dumb monkey brain is like, I'm basically dropping 100 bucks on this shit, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then I'm, and it's like, and I know that the math doesn't bear that out, but that's how it feels like as a consumer, right? Yeah. And I feel much less comfortable, like that's a much harder des- decision to make. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at, like at $40, you go, okay, maybe that's like, you know, depending on how much you earn at work, right? It's like 
an hour and a half, you know, from mm-hmm. pre-tax. You go, yeah, fine, that's like totally worth it. Now I'm getting close to a hundred bucks. I'm like, all right, there's a lot of shit that I could buy mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars. Does it want to be like? Do I want it to be this? And I will like definitely say I feel like my willingness to purchase things now like has declined. And, and that kind of um, brings me to to I guess my next point. You know, my concerns. Of course, you know, um, this hurts us individually. Um, mm. So, you know, like no, no hobbyist likes to pay more for their hobby, for right. a box of plastic soldiers. Um, but, you know, my, my concern is more about uh, the community. Yes. Right? So, so the wide-ranging impacts of it's this on, on the Legion community. As a starter, if you're exactly. looking at a clone army because they're so much more expensive. Yes, like mm-hmm. I 100% get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what it does also do, and I'm the the exception to the rule because I like to just buy things that I want, is well, sorry, sorry. Let me let me re- like rewind on that. I like to just buy things that I want. <laughs> I am not like other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I say that, I mean the people that are playing. Say, if you're buying specifically for a competitive list, right? You're not going to stray outside of the things that you need to purchase for it. As right. a newer player, you're not going to... Or even people that are looking for a more competitive level, say, clone army, they're not going to start diving down and going, oh, I need five phase twos and one phase one and two tanks because the tanks are 90... The saber tank's 90 bucks each, so... But, I mean, we saw this with Armada as well. Their last three waves have just been ridiculously expensive. Yeah. I, I think it's an Asmodee purchase thing now. Well, and then, I mean, and then, so I feel like a good example to that is I don't own any of the last three Aways of Armada. Neither do I. like, that is a lot of money to drop. Um, $130 on a pre-painted mini that yeah, I, may, you, I may use once. Right. Um, you know, like, and that says a lot, because, like, Armada was, like, my, my first true love, right? So, like, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, my other concern as well with that is, because I, I agree completely, I sort of have two points on that. Like, so, because one, you always have the problem, and this is what... Um, this is what kept me away from uh, getting into X, X... So I had X-Wing 1.0 for like a while and had a bunch of stuff and then I like got out of it. And then mm-hmm. when I wanted to come back into it, you know, I feel like as more and more stuff releases, uh, you know, maybe it'll be less of a problem with Legion just because it's much similar to like, you know, your 40k style games where you can have that sort of diversity. You, you build the things you need, not... Uh, not not like you don't need everything, right? It's, it's not the Armada or X-Wing 1.0 where you need to buy every box for every right. upgrade. But still, like, obviously as time goes on, though, as a new person coming in, your, like, to-buy list becomes larger and larger. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, and that in itself is a barrier. But then if the things on that list are getting more expensive, like, it's pretty compounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I'm more concerned about is, is you know, obviously, you know, this, it, this impacts adults, obviously, because, like, it will push out some people of the game just economically. They're like, I can't afford mm-hmm. this anymore. Mm. But... Even, you know, during a uh, depression, yeah, right? right. During the economic crisis. But what yeah. I what makes like me sad is that uh, the like the people that are most affected in terms of like coming into and staying in the community, aside from adults, are like kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And we've seen. I feel like we've seen a lot of them. Like, I saw heaps of them at CanCon, and it was really exciting. But like you know, spoilers: most kids don't have their own buying power. <laughs> And then if you're like a parent and it's suddenly like the difference between a $40 and $70 purchase for a box, that like that gets a lot harder to justify, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's like my big concern. Yeah. Yeah. Um... In a community that um, doesn't grow, dies. You know, if it becomes stagnant, if it's always the same people, 
it does yeah we don't want to end up like those um what was that other miniature game that ffg brought out oh rune wars yeah we don't want to end up like the rune wars guys where it's like look they had a lot of other problems all right we don't need to kick them while they're down (laughs) (laughs) rune what (laughs) yeah what we we do not speak of it (laughs) really good looking miniatures game that turned up for like five minutes and then fizzled into the sunset Jeremy Cooper, I will kick you while you're down. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I'm just evolving with the year. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, yeah, look, you know, we've, um, we've uh, uh, discussed it, you know, we've kind of um, uh, looked at the different aspects of that. Um, and I guess, you know, only time will tell uh, what the, the real impact of this is on community. I think a singular price rise once a year won't hurt us. And I know that this particular price rise came at a really big cost. Obviously, it was when this like every the world dollars were down versus the US. Right. So that was the big decider on that. I know going forward, I know shipping is a big factor to Australia. So other price, smaller price hikes might happen. We have heard. But then, so this is part of... I mean, this comes back to like the problem on the consumer end, right? Where it's like, you understand... No, well, actually, okay. I'm very cynical of fluctuations in price based on, you know, like, you know, changes to the dollar, right? Because the dollar at one point, and I know this very intimately for reasons I will not go into, but the dollar got as low, uh, the Australian to US got as low as like 54 cents on the dollar at around March 17th. And as of like today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I know this real intimately, guys. He, he doesn't want to go into it, but his mats are... um. No, don't, 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 even, don't even do this. Don't even do it like that. Um, but like as of like as of today, it's what like sixty eight cents. Like it's basically at mm, what it was mm. pre drop. Yeah. yeah. So are we gonna see no. the prices go no, down with the next not releases? Fucking, no. are, you, are you kidding? No. So, we won't. Yeah. yeah. So that's so probably the, not. That's the part probably where not. I'm saying that hurts because we knew that the price hikes were coming. Mm-hmm. Asmodee and FFG announced them nearly six months ago. That they, they, they mm-hmm. don't they're not legally allowed to hide this stuff. Mm-hmm. We knew that it, a lot of it had to do with the changing in product used to create the miniatures mm-hmm. as well as the distribution of miniatures and how they did it as well as a, a range of other things Asmodee had come out with this months ago and then FFG backed it up with saying you know they're going from the soft plastic to the hard plastic and coming from Warhammer I know I used to talk to the guys about it it used to cost to make a plastic mold a sprue mold like they use the injection ones 500,000 US mm-hmm. to make a mold so a sprue and you think about that, that's a million dollars to make the box of B2s or the box of phase twos because there's two sprues in the box, that's two molds. Yeah, I mean, I, it's totally, so, it's a huge outlay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about so that. So we mm-hmm. knew that the price hikes were coming. Again, I think this particular price hike with its size, especially for Australians, was mm. just like, you're all acutely aware, Luke. Mm. It just happened when the dollar was low. You want a real, like while we're on the topic, you want a real controversial opinion? What? I personally think, I I like pers- personally, I, I think they should have just stuck with soft plastic. Ooh, that with is controversial. Hard, it is. And you you want to hear why though, right? And like, mm-hmm. look, probably they're gonna get better at it. Okay, like all right, like I'll give them like they gotta have time to fucking like learn this shit. But for me, like they're not leveraging the reasons why I like hard plastic, right? Like if you look at a GW kit. And you look at all the different like poses and like the customization inbuilt into the kit. You know what I mean? From what I've seen of the models that are in the hard plastic, that's not there right now. But mm-hmm. it's coming. 
they have they have alluded to that, especially when they started talking about the ARC troopers. They said they were more poseable than the current kits. And right. So again, it's a learning curve because going back to say 1999 when I bought my five man box of Space Marines, and mm. it used to be 19 bucks. Yeah. And that's now a fifty dollar kit. So inflation does happen. No, really? Go on. Yeah, I know, right? But um, that kit back then, you had five sets of legs, five sets of torsos, five sets of arms that were all the same, five identical heads. So, I mean, okay, like, here's, like, here's my counterpoint. you got to give Games Workshop 20 years of time to get to where they are. Uh-huh. If you put that same amount of time into, say, FFG, we will see you know miniatures that I would say are probably better than Games Workshops. because Counterpoint, though, right? As a consumer... Why the so uncivilized do I need to give them that time, right? Like, why do I want to pay 2020 money for a 1990 product? Yeah, the silence <laughs> is your answer, gentlemen. <laughs> it's not really the 1999 product. I know, I know. The model quality is much better. I'm being a little like over dramatic, but I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but. People still spend $300 at Games Workshop to buy a starter kit with single pose models. Oh, totally. Snap fits. Yeah, totally. That are soft I'm plastic. Not, I'm, I'm, so, I'm definitely creating somewhat of a straw man to then like trash into, which makes my argument look stronger. And it's not entirely fair. <laughs> but I'm also being controversial on a podcast. So, <laughs> Have we become that mainstream? No, no. This is just me all along. If you haven't picked in that, you haven't like paid attention. Like... <laughs> I'm just like stroking your ego here. Oh, thank you. Just touching you and calling you pretty. Yeah. Oh, can, we, can we not put that on a podcast? Like, the, the listeners don't need to know my love languages, okay? Like... And, you know, like, I'm, I'm always the peacemaker. I'm always, you know, the person who sits on the fence and co- can see both sides. Um, you know, I, I like I like the the soft plastic. I like how easy it was to assemble. Literally mm. ten seconds, the whole minis assembled. Um, I did. Hate, I did don't get me wrong. I did hate like saber bend, right? Like the, the what? Like when the you, light saber bend. Light oh saber, right, right, yeah. You yeah. know the problems that you yeah. had with with soft plastic in that sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Like the, you're always boiling water and dipping like your the, like the uh, lightsabers being droopy. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, anything um, longer than and. St- Long and thin, being yeah, the issue. yeah. So yeah, there are some issues with it, um, but you know, I, for me personally, the the ease of assembly, the the price point, uh, and also you know the the, the general quality of uh, miniatures I got out of those uh, pl- uh, soft plastic miniatures, um, I think you know I was I was really happy. Um, yeah. I was really happy. Um, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of the hard plastic. I think you know I'm going over some some points that uh, that's well trodden on the other podcasts um, because there's just so much effort that goes into the assembly. Yeah, you know, like I I know the advantages of customization uh, of uh, posing, uh, the the crispness of of the details, um, but for me. You know, it doesn't outweigh um, See, how much more work the, the the assembly is. But with the inclusion of silhouettes, that customization should be coming through for everyone soon. Because that's the like the one thing that I missed from 40k going into Legion. Mm. That was it. Having six units of Rebel Troopers that all looked mm. identical pissed me off. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Mm. And like for me, like because I you know I played 40k as well, and I have to say. Um, you know, in terms of like the hobby part that I often enjoyed like the most 
was that sort of period where you're building a unit, you know what I mean? And you're sort of giving them like cool poses and you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, you're sort of kit bashing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That for me is mm-hmm. the most fun. I think, I think that's why I guess like I'm frustrated currently because I feel like, don't get me wrong, the crispness, the details, great. The fact that like stuff like, you know, Grievous's lightsabers. Fucking don't bend. As perky as they have always been, right? Like, <laughs> um... <laughs> No, no dysfunction for my man Grievous, okay? Uh, I don't think anybody's awful. described uh, General awful Grievous' awful lightsabers are, as perky per- oh, they're, they're until per- now. They're perky as hell, though. I don't think anyone's ever looked at a lightsaber and gone, man, that is one perky saber. Yeah. Or four perky sabers. <laughs> yeah, it's not just one. It's just I need four perky sabers. You see him pop up with, like, that's the arms out. General Kenobi! <laughs> They're so perky. You just know that was running through Obi-Wan's mind, right? Like, well, he, he is the, uh, the king of trolls. Yeah. Oh, General Kenobi. Mm. Hey, General Grievous. How perky they are today. Yeah. But, well, way to make me way, way off track. It's true to form, though. True, true to form, you know, man. You've got to keep it consistent. We haven't changed. We haven't changed. We're here. We're back. Um, Same podcast, new field. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's the problem is I, I I'm frustrated that you know like aside from those sort of benefits you don't get that customization. I don't have the main benefit that I want out of hard yeah. plastic, but I'm paying the hard plastic price for it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I think FFG need to up their game a little bit and get some more poses. I would personally like to see I I can understand say your four or five regular troopers in any box being very similarly posed but your heavy weapon dudes and your, your sergeant dudes you should just be able to kit bash those a little bit more and get some more posability in them because there's only so much you can do with turning a head and arm on your phase two yeah exactly right and um, it's it's just one of those things where i guess it's a little disappointing in the sense of like they did start the route but because you had do have all the different heads true right. so there's three three different heads for just for the the officer yeah. in each kit or in the phase two kits at least so yeah like and, we, and which is good right and you know and i know i like i know for personal example like you get enough parts in the phase two kit that i know for example tom harper has you know was able to kit bash a phase one squad into a phase two squad using like the extra bits that you get yeah which is cool right like that's that's sort of the point like you want to be at I just, yeah, I just sort of, I think it's just something that I'm, like, struggling with in the sense of, I understand that FFG is, like, new to this, and then obviously there's, like, a learning curve, but, you know, that sounds like a them problem, not a me problem, it is. right? Like, I'm, I'm mm. a consumer in 2020, like, you need to do your research and sort your shit out. 100% it is, but remember that 12 months ago, they didn't have hard plastic capabilities, so we're not going to be waiting 20 years. True. For, yeah. for 2020 G-Dub level product. No, that's my right. My problem is that, and my only fear, and I'll premise this because, again, I don't mind a, a general price hike if it's the right amount because we all know that, look at Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah. Their Games Workshop have announced that they're going to do a 5 to 15% price hike on all minis. Which is crazy. Which is crazy because you think about their $120 tanks already getting an extra 15% bump up on it. There's a $150 tank you, you, again. Does that math check out? I don't know. Well, have you ever tried math in Games Workshop price hikes? <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we haven't added tax. Yeah, right. And the tax of being Games Workshop. So, you know, without that, I don't want there to be a... Like, personally, I don't want there to be a price hike in 2021. Mm. 
that does the exact same level of up. Yeah. Because if that happens, then yes, we the game will effectively become too elitist. Yeah. Or at least, like, it's then you're going to start having, like, genuinely economic considerations. Yeah. Like, like, even more so. Like, everyone's hobby, obviously, it's a luxury item. You, you expect a $5 bump in price. Like, I honestly expect a $5 bump in price anytime I go and spend, I buy something I bought two years ago. Because right. inflation happens. Right. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's fair. And it is, like, you know, not to, like, you know, rag entirely on FFG. Like, I definitely am aware of how much of a choosy beggar I sound like being like, I'm sorry, you didn't learn, like, all of the things that took Game with Workshop three decades inside of two years. Well, aren't you just the worst? <laughs> but it is, like, it is what it is, right? Like, as a consumer, it's not my responsibility to, like, wait for them to get as good as their competition. No. And I'm hoping they're not doing that push the envelope on price as much as they can to see how much they can squeeze out of people because right. that's the way that a lot of uh, gaming companies have gone recently. Uh, you can definitely feel it with Games Workshop. You can feel it with a few others that I've seen online, like the Infinity Miniatures have gone up a little bit as well and the envelope on them has been pushed. The uh, Warlord Games stuff, I was looking at them, they're great minis. Mm. But, you know, I'm, not, I'm spending £100 on metal minis that have the same quality again going backwards have the same quality as the old school g-dub metal minis right do i do i really want to spend say a hundred pounds which translate to nearly 200 au plus shipping from the uk to get them here so i can play with them yeah exactly right that would would be great for any of our american listeners you're like oh now you're talking two made-up currencies like what is this crap (laughs) even though the pound is worth more than the dollar no 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 it's all made up Our UK listeners will uh, know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So moving on, guys. Um, we, we've got this, um, you know, somewhat, uh, well, definitely a lot less uh, serious uh, segment we're going to next uh, called Trash Units. Uh, so is that the official name we were going with? Alright, I love it, Fang. Yes, keep it. Trash it is now. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to give it like, some like, badass Hollywood voice that they're like, trash <laughs> units. I feel like that's a reality the Legion, show. The Legion community said they weren't good enough. <laughs> we're going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Walking down a corridor. <laughs> trash units. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we, we hit the highs of the uh, play development series. Um, we went all in depth with um, uh, strategy and OODA loops. Uh, mm. And now it's just about what's what's crap, you know, what what's trash. Should we perhaps explain why we're doing this as as a segment? Like, should, like, like where this came from? Not no, just like, no, no, just do it. <laughs> no, no, you know, what I really want to talk about? All the shit I hate. Like, <laughs> So, to preface There's too this, much, uh, you know, serious intellectual talk yeah. in season one. You gotta balance it, right? <laughs> oh my god! But um, yeah, no, that was a request from somebody who actually filled out our survey monkey. So, guys, we do listen, albeit we begrudgingly. Do, we do. And you, you, that was, that was so aggressive, <laughs> <laughs> albeit begrudgingly. But shout it, out to the people who did actually. Do our survey for us. We really did appreciate all of your awesome feedback, and we have taken all of it on board and discussed 
some things that we're going to look at changing and things that we're going to look at throwing in. So thank, thank you, you guys. guys. Can we, can we, can awesome. we briefly like talk about some of the favorite comments? Cause I think, I think Jeremy got disrespected the hardest I've ever seen. And what, do you know what made it, I think made it worse is that the person was totally like good intentioned. You know what I mean? So positive. <laughs> Coops, you want to tell them how... I am not a new player. <laughs> what? Do we have the quote? Fuck, it's a good quote. I think quote. The, the exact quote was uh, less experienced player. Yeah, they, they enjoyed they enjoyed support officer Cooper being on because he provided a less experienced player's perspective on the it's game. because I didn't use the fucking terminology of English. <laughs> <laughs> I like proper people speak. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's why you preface everything. <laughs> uh, so you didn't have to do our, our good friend, support officer Cooper, like that. Um, I'll have you know, he came forth at CanCon. How could I disrespect him like that? One, third. Thank you, judge that can't even remember the placings. Two, reset the clock. Yeah. <laughs> can we if we can get the Idris Elba like line from Pacific like reset the clock? Like yeah. We've um, uh, lasted maybe half an hour oh, yeah. into season oh, yeah. two before we mentioned <laughs> But I do now in James fairness finishing at KenCon. In fairness, Jeremy, we should you should also then have the ability to completely disrespect me because there was definitely someone that got our names confused and you should tell them why we know that they're wrong. <laughs> because Luke is the loudest of the group. Really? Not me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I have to yell more? <laughs> You're not really helping your point right yeah. now. So, <laughs> so we, we've had discussions on the podcast where we literally, and it came up actually in the, the blooper, blooper reel, reel yep. where we're talking about watching the recording on the screen where it's, Fang is like, Bang, 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 bang. Like you can see the waveform. Is like, what you it, it, yeah. It's wave and it's small and the waveform is like, you know, normal for... Small for Fang, regular for me, it's somewhere in the middle. And Luke is literally just a fucking massive blue bar that goes top to bottom. <laughs> just and this, spans. It's just solid sound. And this mountain of sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Fang, 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 Fang. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. Luke! <laughs> he he just got me in one there, you know? Yeah, like when you're yeah. when you're right, you're right. But then that's what made that comment so bizarre. Like we literally like Kara brought it up and we just straight up looked at each other like, well they obviously got our names wrong. Because someone was like, Yeah, you know, sometimes like you know, like they were like, you know, Fang can be a bit quiet, you know, they're talking about our audio quality and what we need to improve, which, which we, are, we are exploring. Which we are exploring. And you know, and we're like, Alright, that's you know, that's fair. And then they said, Jeremy can be a bit loud at times. <laughs> Luke is the normal one, and we just looked at each other like they really they fucked it up. Didn't they? <laughs> That's so either, hang on, either they were talking about the sound quality in which they fucked it up, or we we've got it all wrong, and I just shouldn't talk. Yeah, just never, <laughs> just never talk. Apparently. Um, and then the uh, the other key message that came through on the survey was uh, you guys like us swearing. <laughs> you don't want us to uh, to to bleep anything out. So you might have noticed that we haven't bleeped anything out no, uh, on this dead. episode. <laughs> Your fuckhead's going to get all of this raw now. Uh, but Kara is going to put uh, put one bleeping yeah. in each episode. Yeah, you got to find uh, the bleep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck if hunting for the bleep. If you find the bleep, we may give you things. If. If. <laughs> they'll, they'll find it. They'll find it. 
You know why? Because it'll be me. I'll be like, give me the stuff. <laughs> I don't want to buy these things anymore. Luke will be uh, like, Jeremy, I'm coming over and raiding your hobby wall. Yeah, the amount of times I've legitimately thought about being like a Viking, like set sail, like we must go raiding the countryside. <laughs> and they steal all those boxes of phase twos, you motherfucker. Although I do have to say as well, I love being titled the Dark Lord herself. So whoever that was, thank you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, that was probably the most accurate comment. Yeah, all I of mean, them. God, yeah. All of them suck except for Kara. And we, and we just all sort of looked and we're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No arguments. It, it's, no. it's like all of our jokes about Ken and Kara being in the editing dungeon one at a time. It's like, yeah, yeah. The, the powers behind the the powers behind the throne. Oh, oh, yeah. As they are now. Yeah. Yeah. It's we like, make you guys look and sound good. Yeah. So thank you for all the feedback, guys. So yes. we've uh, uh, heard all your feedback and we're working on them. We literally had a planning session before we recorded this episode. It's why I'm um, two feet away from the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that'll make me sound somewhat normal. <laughs> you, need to, you need to step further away. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So this is why we're doing trash units because you told us you want, to, you want us to talk about it. Are they trash? Like the, the whole well, premise of that unit was it's not a trash unit we're not going to be doing trash units because there are no trash units in Legion well well I think there's um, probably some <laughs> difference of opinion here. hey I'll have you know there is at least two T47s in the current Invader League series that's are they doing well? Yes. Fuck if I have that's, that's not a, that's not a, like a positive uh, <laughs> endorsement. Ken's just yeah. been putting that on in the background to have a bit of sanity while he's yeah. working from home. Yeah. I, I will say, look, if they're making it into TTS, people are still wanting to run them and try them. There are still corner cases where things, units like that are usable and saying that they're trash all the time is a bad thing because... Yeah, and I think I think it's it's like a really good point to make as well that whenever you like whatever your your source of information about a game, uh, like especially like from a competitive or even just like you know you just want to get better, you know you should always you know like the, the classic like you should you know you should take that on board, but then also do your own like research for lack of a better opinion. Like if someone says the T forty seven is trash. Go out and play with it, and then you know, and then confirm that it is indeed trash. Yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I, I own a T forty seven. Yeah, it's the only tank slash vehicle that I only own one of. I, I have two, and that's because Ooh, they were given to wild. you. No, I bought one, and when I lost my original Rebel Army, it was not in the box because why would I bring it with me? I wasn't gonna play it. <laughs> he was going to Adepticon. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to win. <laughs> Uh, but so no. being trash um, actually helps you survive. Yeah, right. So like, shout out to that. It's <laughs> one of the few models that did survive. We're all about the positivity. Yeah. Uh, and for reference, we're not talking about the T forty seven today because that we would need a lot more planning if we were going to talk about why it's not trash. <laughs> well, so, so what? It's what speed three? It can move back half its distance. Save it! Save it! Save it! <laughs> it can move back since when? Have you not read the rule book? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. We don't want to lose all credibility. We'll take this off air. Um, oh, right. When it bumps into yeah, an obstacle <laughs> during its compulsory move, I was like, T-47 flying backwards. So what? Just Tokyo what? Drift. Just fucking... Like, <laughs> I, I would play that's it there if I could do that. That's drifting. That's like flying backwards, <laughs> which is literally impossible. If you can drift the new tanks. What would Vin Diesel do? 
Yeah, well, yeah. Vin Diesel would find a way. Okay, like... Vin, Vin Diesel would drip that saber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what do we think are actually trash? You know, for for those of us who think there are trash units in the game. Well, so I thought. Well, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were we going to talk about the ATST? Is that what we were going to do? Yes, we're okay. definitely going to talk about the ATST. All right, well, let's let's do it. Cause, uh... So I'll start this one off and say, it's not trash. <laughs> right. It's been in my list since Moab, not King Kong. Reset the clock. Reset the clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's... So Look, what does it do for you, Jeff? So it is a hard-to-kill unit, right? being as it has I'll 11 hull and give armor. Yep. Yep. And it's got a really high resilience value of 8, right? Really high resilience value of 8. It has a very small weak spot because you are very rarely going to get in its rear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So unless you are geared up specifically to kill it, you're going to have a hard time against it. It has definitely has drawbacks. White dice armor. And I, I'm either here nor there with that because, again, it has armor mm -hmm. and not armor 1 or armor 2. It is straight up you need to get crits through or have impact to deal damage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is, being that it has 11 hull and, and all that, it's going to be around for most of the game. Mm. You can de depend on it being there for four to five turns, even if somebody has enough impact to bring it down. Um, the only time I've ever seen a ATST pop in a turn without impact is when, in a recent game, I fired three mortars, three T21Bs, and an ATST, and Veers' blaster... At this, at an opponent's ATST to bring it down in a turn, and that's six goes at critical, three lots of impact, and then a unit that surges to crit. So, so you just went crit fishing, and you, yeah, and you I, came I, up trumps, and you were like, "Yeah, it should die." Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was like, I'm like, how do I pump enough? Stuff? And that was still two turns of shooting, right? But it was a solid. Nothing else in their army got hit because I wanted it dead. Now, it does have a lot of drawbacks. A lot of those things were fixed, so. Not being able to search to hit natively, fixed by the hammer pilot. Mm. Um, its initial price point priced it out of being played very often because yeah. it was two hundred and ten points. It was so really expensive. It was Vader level expensive, but did not. Well, I'll say it was Vader level expensive, but it should have been there because of what it can output. So that double rainbow at range four is amazing. Yeah, its mortar being only ten points. Being range four to infinite, also incredibly useful because of its height value. So the fact that you're looking from the front of it, and if you can see the whole base, regardless of what it's hiding behind, you can see its whole base, no cover. Hmm. So it can be hiding behind trees for everything else, and it peers over the trees and goes, no, nah, I can see you, motherfucker. Eat this. Its major drawbacks are its no search to hit natively, which is fixed by... Again, mm. a 10 point upgrade. Um, it's all, again, uh, the other major drawback for it is its height. People can see it no matter where it is. You can't, it's, mm. it's not the tank. It can't hide behind a building. It's not the, mm -mm. it's not a trooper unit. It's not speeder bikes with cover. It's, it is a big glaring target. Well, I would also say, mm. I would say really, in, you know, and this goes for a lot of, you know, similarly costed units, really it's actual main drawback is its cost, right? Like, because mm -hmm. even after the decrease, you know, once you slap on a couple of upgrades, right? Because you, even after the decrease, uh, and I agree, you should slap on the, the, this, the Imperial Hammers pilot should be stapled onto it. Yes. So you're basically saying, okay, it's actual price point is what it costs plus 10. So 180. Right. So 180. And then you're probably almost certainly, like, I think you should, if you're taking it, slap on a hard point of some kind. Yes. Right. 
the the grenade launcher I don't feel is ever worth its points. Yeah. But the the side blaster or the mortar are definitely both worth right. their fifteen ten to fifteen points. So you're ending up like pretty close. To, yeah, you're in, but you're ending up like pretty close to two hundred, right? Like it's, it's still the beta level costs. Yeah, right. And so like the that drawback is that for an equivalent amount of points, you could get you know you could get a unit of death troopers and like another squad. I, I have seen the ATST eat. I'm not saying I'm not saying you I'm like this is like this is the point yeah. of the argument. I'm not saying you haven't seen for, it. For those people that want more activations in a list, you can get more, yes. Right. This side in comparison, I would say that it does the work of every activation you can add in against it. Well, that's a debate. But my point but mm. my main point was is that because of its high point cost, right, there is an opportunity there's an immense opportunity cost to taking it because it's like it's gonna be one fourth of your list. Right, yes. so it's it's in lim- limiting what else you can take, and you need it to achieve like that much value. Yes, on on its own. So I would say that you can't take it in lists that have Vader or Palpatine. Yeah, because of the points cost. So it is, it is a it is a centerpiece in your army. Yeah, and I mean it should be. It's a fucking amazing model. It yeah, it's probably one of the soft plastic models that I love. But, and we'll look at my Cancon list for example, Viz Bosk. Three units of shore troopers, three mortars, two snipers, and an ATST. Hmm. So I'm still at eleven activations. Like it's good. I'm not. It's here's my okay. Here's my point, Jeremy. Right? It's <laughs> like you're you're pointing to specific examples, but that doesn't fundamentally underline the point. Right? My point is is that two hundred points is a lot of is a lot of stuff, and you can be like, yeah, but you can fit in stuff around it. That doesn't fundamentally change that two hundred points is a fuck ton. It is a fuck ton. I'm not saying it's not. Again, as I've said, you can't take it in lists where you need to spend 200 points yeah. in the opposite direction. It, But it's got less drawbacks than people give it credit for. Oh, totally. And I agree with you. But I'm also just being devil's advocate here because that's what people are going to say about it, right? If I, if I may jump in, um, I, I don't think it has huge drawbacks, huge weaknesses. Um, my, my main... Um, issue with it like why i think it's trash shooter in inverted commons it is a, a bit irreverent it's not completely trash my main issue with it is it, it doesn't do enough for its 200 points yeah um so let's say uh you throw nine dice um at a uh, at a squad of troopers right um so uh it's a pretty common scenario uh you hit uh, maybe five or six times yep. uh let's say you have an aim yeah. uh, right so you increase that to to one um six seven hits uh two of that gets taken away by heavy cover usually they are in heavy cover um so now you're down to uh what um, four to five yeah. uh hits uh so let's say they say bit. half half of that Yep. Um, like just assume so, it's like an imperial on imperial, right? Like rebel, yeah, yeah. rebel troopers suck ass, and they, they shouldn't be considered for mathematical <laughs> purposes. Rebel troopers and droids <laughs> would just be like, yeah, there's five dead models, right? And rebel yep. troopers go, I suck, and you're like, you're correct. And B ones go, I still have half a unit, and you're like, fuck. Well, <laughs> you lose five, you don't have half. Well, yeah, and yeah. then and then you know four five, uh, uh, they're making four five saves, yep. and they uh, they take two or three wounds, right? So that's kind of on average what happens uh, so, to an ATSC uh, attack. Is. So you wipe out half a squad of pretty standard uh, uh, troopers, line infantry. Um, so and say it's like stormtroopers, you're taking out, like, you know, if it's a stormtrooper unit with DLT, that's a 68-point unit. That's so, right. so if you've taken out, like, three. Two, two to three models, right, yeah. you've, you've scored maybe what? 
20, 30 points 30 of damage, points. right? Yeah. Um, takes you two turns to wipe out a whole unit, uh, you know, or, or six rounds of the game, you're taking out three units. So, you know, for, for 200 points... Well, um, if you do 68 times three, mm-hmm. it's made the point. So what you've just said there is, yes, your target priority for the whole game mm-hmm. will win you back your points. And I think that's the big thing with it. People go, well, I have to hit the line units with this. No. Um, ATSTs are a power mm-hmm. unit. Mm-hmm. You need to think of it like your Vaders. You need to think of it like your Death Troopers. You need to think of it like your Saber Tanks. Well, no, actually, it's really good. So it, it has two mm-hmm. things coming for it now. And we're in Season 2. And like that, like Legion coming into its Season 2 with all of the big tanks that are coming out, we're going to get a lot more tanks coming. It is a fucking amazing tank hunter. Straight off the bat. Yep, yeah, that's one of its key strengths. So one of its strengths is its impact three, Mm. naked. Impact Mm -hmm. four, when you throw on the the side blaster, even though that's range three. Mm. Um, Because it's line of sight, you're rarely not going to be able to see what you want to hit. I'd say target priority is its main focus. So what you pick to shoot at, and that comes down to player skill level, is where you earn your points. Because Mm -hmm. you flip that on its head, it's 110 points to get that death trooper unit out that you want. I take two units, two turns to kill that. I've made half my points back. I then start focusing on another unit. Or I'm well, you're going to take a bit longer because they have the um, surge. Uh, yeah, yeah. red dice with surge. So I, I would also, I mean, I agree. Like I do think like an important part about being effective, right? And because that's the whole point of this segment is we're talking about units that are considered, let's shall we say, suboptimal. <clears throat> Right, yeah. like we jokingly say trash units, but are not considered the top of the matter. And what I would say is that if you look at the ATSC, the reason why, alongside most vehicles, it's considered you know suboptimal is you know it has difficulty with a lot of objectives because it's not a trooper unit, right? And then mm-hmm. we could you know we can talk about how like vital assets changes that you know sort of metric a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's, it's still true. There's like a lot of objectives where it's just like cool, I can't directly score, right? I can impact how my opponent scores, but I can't directly score, score myself, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have the issue of like, is it making its points back? And if it's not like, that's a real problem. Um, it's taking up a big chunk of your force. And if it just like, you have those turns where it just doesn't hit hard. Mm-hmm. That's a real like shit time. So yeah. the, the saving and grace on its th- guns there is it has less white dice. True. So it's, it's two red, two black, two white. So that double rainbow, you got to think of it like Obi-Wan's lightsaber. It doesn't always connect well. But it generally, well, it doesn't always connect perfectly, but it does always connect fairly well. Right. So I guess what, I, I guess what my point was is like sort of to highlight why it's considered suboptimal. And then I do agree. I think it like, I think it is a good unit, but I also think there are reasons why it's considered suboptimal. Yes. And, I, and I think one of the things with your argument about sort of target priority, basically, I'm just going to be the, the devil's advocate. Every time you come up with like, this is why it's good. I'm going to be like, yeah, but this is what you need to think about as well. That's fine. So with the target priority, I agree. I think with the ATST, like getting the most value for money is about making sure that you're hitting, like you know, you're you're threatening, like if your opponent has like a like a lightsaber wielder, you're threatening that or taking wounds off them because they're so high value, or you know, you're, you're punching their like really expensive units or just you know key stuff. But the counterpoint to that problem is that there's also I feel like a little bit of an implicit assumption that your opponent's going to be letting you do that. Right, I've played against ATSDs a lot, and the majority of the time, if the board is like set up decently, you can spend a lot of the game being like, "Sure, shoot at my fifty-point unit." 
Yeah. Go nuts. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you're a smart player, you you throw a unit out there like bait. Yeah. As opposed to thing, but I'll I'll look at. I'm not going to say that the the Australian community is terrible because there there is a whole heap of great players, but there were a lot of times in the last six months where I've gone, hey, look, that Tonton unit, sure, it's got dodges on it, Mm. but if I put seven hits into it... I mean, equally, right? (laughs) Equally, I could also talk about, I remember our game at the... Shut up. At the cube thing, and it's the perfect example of, you had the ATS team, what did I do? I hid from it the whole game. Yeah, with that one building. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I could do that. Yeah, I'm not saying Mm. that it's not, there's not (laughs) drawbacks to it. Oh, totally. And, and and he is promising a very shitly built board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, to be clear, again, I am just sort of playing... The like, devil's advocate on that, yeah. On this, right? Um, because I do think the ATSC is really good in lots of ways. Like, parts of its drawback are also parts of its strength. Yeah. Like, the real problem... So, like, when you're playing... Like, the great part about an ATSC is that it has such a, a presence on the board. It exerts so much threat, right? That I think a lot of the time... It's more the implication of danger than what the actual result is. Yeah. That does the you know does the most work, and so you know when you get like that's why your list was so good because you had eleven activations. So you can have your ATSD go really late if you like you know if you wanted to to force your opponent to move in specific ways because you don't want to jump out in front of the ISR on unless you have to. But then the problem is is that you have those turns where like your opponent has or to go or you could go really early let them go oh sweet I'm safe in front of the IS in, in front of that Eye of Sauron and then go cool well now I've got snipers and yeah all these heavy weapons that can light you up as you run through the open right now, now open in inverted commas funnel that I've given you sure but I mean that's then you're talking about like you're not talking about what's good about the ATSC you're talking about what's good about the rest of your army which is different right and sort of that's like that situation you're just describing I think is something that happens a lot where if the ATSD goes early, or if it just, you know, whatever, it does its thing, and say it's not that effective, mm-hmm. you're sitting there as the opponent, you're like, great, awesome. Oh, you killed two dudes? Sweet. Mm-hmm. Did that feel good for yeah. your 200-point model? All right, now I'm just going to do whatever I want because I don't have to worry about you anymore yeah. for this yeah. time. So, you know, you talk about um, the ATSD protecting its power. So, um, you know, it, it does um, have the long range. Um, it can shoot um, to range four. Um, unlimited range for the mortar it can hand out suppressions wherever it, it wants um, as long as it can see um, you know it can do consistent damage round after round you know those um, rainbow mm. rainbows you talk about uh, they're, they're fairly consistent um, my, my main issue is, is it does not project enough power for its points mm. um, so if I if I say compare it to uh, let's start with uh, for two hundred points. I can get um, uh, I can get um, uh, uh, two two shore troopers and uh, two mortars. Um, so does that math check out? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, two shore troopers get... with a heavy weapon and and a comms check, or or maybe like or an additional trooper, or or, or maybe like two two shore troopers with a T twenty one B and one mortar. If you're running seventy thirty five, no. Is it seventy? If you, if you, it's been a while since I played. The T twenty one B is like thirty two points plus. It's on a fifty. Yeah. Point. So it's uh, effectively my my two units of or three units of um, shore troopers in my normal list are three hundred points, and that's with a cost tech. I was going to say you do run a fat shore trooper unit. No, no, uh, I run shore troopers T twenty one B comms tech with HQ. That's, so that's okay. the the, the, okay. the comms tech in HQ. <laughs> the two of those is thirty. So you for, won't be for able to argument's s- sake. Two shore troopers with heavy weapons, one mortar. 
Right? Something that'll like comfortably that. fit in some, within something like that. You'll, you'll, you'll squeeze it in, yes. Um, if I aim, aim all of that uh, at one unit of standard troopers, yeah, water, yeah. fire support, yeah. I'm pr- pretty sure yeah, I'm going to wipe it out. You're at least putting full suppression on them. Right, nine, time out, nine times out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to be wiping them out. Um, ATSD doesn't doesn't do that. Um, Plus, you know, if I spent those two units can also like score on all objectives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's right. Um, if I spent two hundred points on Vader, right? Wow. So, you know, yeah. I can I can hide Vader, uh, you know, until the crucial moment, right. and then he goes in and starts Vader wiping there. things out, and he projects much more of a threat. People are he's, hyper aware of he, Vader's he threat range. He projects a close range threat. That's where, Absolutely. and that's yeah. where people feel yeah. it more often. They more they feel that close range threat projection. Yeah. Once he gets close, yeah. you go, oh yeah, he's there. People generally forget, and this was again. I'll harpen back to say CanCon. Reset the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I will say three out of my five games, the person I was playing forgot that range four was still effective at turn five. When they were trying to get in really close and personal, and my ATST is still at the back end of the board going, and I hit that unit now. Yeah. And before mm-hmm. it goes to hit me, I hit that unit now. So and it's Arsenal 2 is another thing that we haven't touched on, which gives it another bonus. Right. Its ability mm-hmm. to effectively like split fire, right? Like yeah. to, to target, which can be really important, like strategically, right? When you just like, all right, I need both units to die or to have problems. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. I need this unit to have more suppression than it's got right now, and I need that this unit to, to take wounds. Correct. It's, I, I think people think of it as it has to kill something. Yeah. No. Like Vader, a lot of Vader's points are soaked up in what you think of him when he hits the table. Vader mm-hmm. hits here, and unless you're playing Darkness Descends, he's going to take six turns to walk across most tables. Well, I mean, I, as a, as a long-time Vader player, I'd say if you're not hitting Darkness Descends, you're just fucking doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a moot point, my friend. Yeah. Uh, moving the, a um, melee unit up the board? But, yeah. But I the, think I will. The, there's drawbacks to every powerhouse unit. I, I put the ATST in the same level of powerhouses, save Vader, because, yes, Vader is super fucking OP at, at point-blank range. Mm. Eight, what was it, six or eight red dice? Or no, nah, it's six red. St- it's stupid, six red. stupid levels of red dice in close combat. Yeah. Um, with Pierce and blah, blah, like everything out the asshole that you can think of, it will cut up any unit and or half a tank. The only thing he doesn't have is speed, jump, and surge. Yeah. So there's drawbacks to everything. I think they've drawbacked the ATST well. Mm. My only major issue is that it's it's one gun is fixed, like its main gun is fixed front. Where if you watched any of the Star Wars movies, the ATST moves its fucking head. I think it's you're just... such a nerd. God, I love you. <laughs> you know what my problem is with this unit? Something not related to the unit. Well, no. Something related to the cannon about the unit. No. So the... well, ATST I'm... moves its head. I don't expect it to be able to fire in the rear, but saying, hey, the thing can fire left to right and everything in the front. Yeah, yeah. I'm I think the, I'm just shooting up in your heart. I know. Yeah, and, but, but on that, I mean, that that got me too. You know, I started playing the ATSD when I first got into the game. I expect like, it to dominate and just wipe out everything it touches, nah. like on Endor, right? Everything yeah, it only touches. You just said Endor, where it's killing poor defenseless little bears. And it couldn't oh, even the, do the that. The most deadliest <laughs> bears in the galaxy. Yeah. You know, it, it's this assault unit. It just walks up 
um, in, in front of you and Except just part wipes you out. Um, yeah, but strangely vulnerable to um, to, to rolling logs. Um, so that's that was my expectation uh, playing ATSD in Legion. Yeah, and then I think through this discussion, you know, through through my experience playing the ATSD, it's actually a fire support unit yeah. that sits back and then just it does even, consistent so damage it round after round. Need to just sit back, provided you can keep its rear. And I, I scared the shit out of somebody in a game with this, provided you can keep its rear protected because you don't want to give free impact to people. Mm. That's the only thing that you need to worry about. If you walk it up the board, its guns minus the mortar are still effective. And they become a lot scarier when you can fire a gun at somebody and kick somebody else. Mm. So then, then you're using it as a close combat unit. And it's no Vader, but four red dice is still four red dice. Yeah, it's so still going to step on a Stormtrooper unit. Um, so I think, I think something that hasn't been touched, which I think is a real strength, uh, and this is true of all vehicles, but I think especially of the ATSD is the fact that unlike other units, uh, you don't suffer that same attritional loss of your your like your output, yeah. right? Like you can have like a, like until you hit the resilience value, a wound is kind of like meaningless. Like yes, obviously, like it has meaning in the sense of you you have like less of that resource now. Like droids with suppression. Right, but it's the you know like a, an ATST on seven wounds is just as effective as an ATST on one. Whereas, you know, a short trip unit that's taken three wounds has lost three dice. Mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. have that same attritional yeah. degradation of, like, its capabilities. Mm-hmm. Which I think is then, like, it is a real benefit of the unit. Because one, obviously, like, even as it's getting beaten up, it's still punching just as hard. And even the, the weapon destroyed being changed the way it was in that first round of rules updates, you no longer... it stopped being the oh shit i can't use my weapon at all my weapon at all it's now it's like oh i mean you know unless i fix that it's it's kind of i mean i still think like to be honest i still think like you know even when we say oh it's you know you're only like half the dice i still red black white is still painful no no not only that like i would actually i was gonna go the other way and say i still really personally hate that it's such a feels bad it is but saying i can use half as opposed to i can use none no no totally right it's it's better but i i I don't know i just think when you pay like 200 points for like a unit because it's like the equivalent of a hero right Mm. like that's what it is Mm. harken back to those initial weapon destroyed days button then you'll say t47 when you've got it weapon destroyed oh you're just like oh i have nothing cool i'm just a flying like glorified (laughs) like trash can great like Shoot the harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta get. It's gotta be in your rear, and you don't want that. Right. And for one, who even bought the harpoon? It was never worth it. Like, <laughs> they, step they made, one. They made the harpoon worth it, but the unit's still too expensive to run. But so yeah, so that like that that fact that it doesn't suffer that same attritional degradation is like really is is really important. Mm-hmm. I think and yeah. it's like a really yeah. like that's a benefit of the unit. Yeah. Um, and being as it was the first physical tank designed for the game yeah it is still wearing itself like it's still showing really well definitely i say it shows more often than the gab tank yeah i mean it definitely shows more often than say the t47 because yeah that's not a high bar to clear all right Uh, (laughs) it's it's showings are probably on par with um eight like obviously one atrt because there's lots of lists that run multiple atrts or Mm. no atrts but if if um, if you say that uh, I have one of these, it is equivalent to saying you have two to three ATRTs right. for its output. It will still, it will actually stand up better than 
naked than both of the new tanks. Yeah. Because it has the, the same impact levels as the Sabre. Mm. Better impact levels than the LA, was the AAT? Yeah, yeah, AAT, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, just the straight AAT, not the gunship. Yeah. We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> it is... It has one weak point as opposed to... Yeah, like, yeah, rather than extended for the... the like, the, the, the super saber. big one yeah. for the... Well, isn't the tank, like, weak point side and rear? Yeah. So, so it's surprisingly, it, like, because of how it's big... It's more the, resilient against anti-armor. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that white dice does suck. But suck. it also has three more wounds. No, I hear you. Um, and a higher resilience value. And uh, it's going to hold up well against them. Like, going toe-to-toe, it'll be able to do it. So I think what'll be interesting, especially... Uh, like I'm interested to see how that pans out because yes, obviously well, we can put that on the channel. Well, because like obviously the ATSC does like if you, especially if you have, so it has impact three if you just have the main gun, right? Yeah. And then it's assume like best case scenario it has impact four, mm-hmm. right? What would be interesting is that a bunch of the the new tanks, it's like yes, they don't have like impact in the same way. No, well, the but, but the thing is that their it's guns critical. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Their guns normally have like impact to critical to you know something like that. And yeah, then, it has yeah. They have um. Well, I know the AAT has impact one mm. on its main gun. Right. So I, impact one? I swear it's impact two. Mm. Anyway, anyway, we're irrelevant. We don't need to deep irrelevant. It's like it's less than the ATSTs. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, because I mean, and hearkening to that cannon moment, there the ATST is designed as a tank hunter. It's mm. a forward scout tank hunting tank. Well, armored unit. Armored walker. Armored walker. So it's designed to hunt down these tanks that we have that have been coming out. And up until now, it hasn't had a, I'm going to say a plaything, because realistically, it, you're talking about how it's crap against line trooper units. Yes. 100% of the time, it's going to be crap against the mob, because there are more of them. But does that change, right? Like that's my that's my fundamental question. Because I, I like I've run it lists with the ATSD and I really like it. And I definitely am of the opinion that it's not the trash unit that a lot of people think no, it is. Right? I don't think it's the trash unit either. I think the player the player who's playing it has to get used to target priority for it specifically. Like it has a different level of target priority than the rest of your army at all the time. So it's either hunting characters. Or it's hunting the power unit in your opponent's army. So if your opponent brings a trash unit army, like a 13 activation Imperial officer-led Empire army with... Uh, what was the one I was watching? Storm yesterday? Troopers, like Three short troop E-webs. units, three mortars, two E-webs, three sniper troopers, and an officer. Like they're going for the max activations they can get with the most amount of gunfire. The ATST still goes cool. E-web, E-web, officer, something else. And it's... In those three or four shots, if it's wiped out the things it's fighting, it's still making its points back. Yeah. So I guess, I guess just the part like the the part that I have my concern about is where you're saying like it hasn't had its play thing yet, right? And then sort of I guess the implicit assumption being that you know with the, the saber tank and the, the yeah, yeah, AT yeah. coming out, there'll be more armor. My gut feeling is I, I don't think vehicles are suddenly going to get more popular. I think the AAT will be out a little. You'll see a lot more of it than you will of the saber. Because I just don't know if that's true. I just, like, because I, I play a lot of CIS and just the strength of them as a faction is that is that B1 Oh yeah, but you can line. still have the 6B1 core line with the tank. It's the, it's whether you take, you know, double the fall or you throw in that CIS, those 6B1s and Dooku and the tank. Because I've seen those lists. 
Yeah. Well, so I think the thing is, is that, and this is like, you know, when I look at Gar and I look at Sis, right? My concern is, is that, well, I mean, really, and this is just a problem for Legion in general that we, I'm sure we can deep dive on. But I look at like sort of what's coming on the horizon and what we have now, and the way I see it is like uh, it's all trooper heavy. It's all trooper heavy, right? And it's like, and nothing I see coming on the horizon makes me suspect that that's going to change but because a lot of those early lists that we saw that were prominent from, especially with the saber and the the tank, double tank lists always have strength in those tanks. Yeah, totally. But it's just more like. So your problem is, is that when you then invest, so if you go, like, if you double down, you go, like, okay, like, one, one heavy unit isn't actually, like, like the, the part where they pop off is when you have two. Now you have probably roughly nearly half, right, your army invested in these two units, which means your core is going to be, like, super skin, just by default, nearly. Or something, like, you know, that side of your army is going to be pretty, pretty thin. Yeah, you can do it, Empire do it the best. But... But that's because, they, again, they have that cheap character. I don't think any other army in the game at the moment could run a double heavy list. Right. Effectively. Okay. But then, so then, this is my point, right? Is like, you, I look at what's coming and I just say, cool, now all four factions have access to sniper teams. And I just feel like fundamentally, the majority... Like, it's going to go to th- three snipers to taste for everyone, from what I've seen, uh, especially looking right. at TTS games. Correct, right? And then... That, that for me again that's the that's like the real sticking point is that if I'm looking at like an ATST or if I'm looking at like an AAT if I'm looking at a saber tank I go for less than the cost of this unit I can get three sniper teams yes notice that we did not put the T47 or X34 or the uh, yeah any, well, any any rebel armor actually we just did not say oh, I can get rebel armor uh, we, we basically yeah we're looking at it like for any of the other factions it's I can throw in these three units and have their projected output be somewhat more meaningful in a game to them. Yeah. And I mean, yes, I do see sniper strike teams as projected output is meaningful. Mm-hmm. But that's the, the one thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, yeah, it's really important we didn't do this in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, tag in, son. <laughs> We, uh, we, we're so dedicated to our craft, uh, the, the sun is literally setting. We started about lunchtime, guys. Um, there's a lot of prep for that goes into making a podcast. But it's all right, but I, if, we're, if we're wrapping up the AT, DST, so what, do we, what would we say it's pros, what would we say it's cons, and then what would, what would we tell people, like, like how would you, how would, what advice would you give to people on how to leverage it the best? Thoughts, well, gentlemen. I would say pros. Um, so what we've discussed, it's um, it's a consistent damage dealer um, at pretty much any range. It's a consistent unit that will stick around. Mm-hmm. It does have a high damage output. Mm-hmm. So consistent firepower, longevity. Mm-hmm. Anything yep. else? Long range. Long range. Yep. Um, it's sight. Cause right. Because it, it, so it can physically see almost a hundred percent of the board. Yep. Um, doesn't get suppressed. Doesn't have its uh, uh, damage output reduced when it takes wounds. Right, yep. So that's a lot. I mean, that's six pros, boys. That's a, that's a, we've got a D6 of pros already. Yeah, we're yeah. polishing this diamond hard. Yeah, yeah we're going to polish that diamond <laughs> in the um, well, And what else, right? Like, I would say, I mean, I guess that's sort of part of its consistency. It does exert that almost intangible board threat, right? Like, I don't know, like, when I play against an ATST, I'm thinking about 
what it can see and you don't want to put units in it because even if it only do like x amount on average all it takes is one be like oh and that's nine dice and oh i made nine hits oh now you're dead yeah mm. um it, it does have that it does suffer from that z6 feel because of the white dice so yeah that curve of if it hits hard it's gonna really hit hard and that's mm. what that white dice is in there for mm -hmm. so um, it's a con as much as a pro because so it's that variance can be can be high variance at times yes okay yeah mm -hmm. it, it's going to mm -hmm. swing between what i would perceive as five to nine hits right every turn and you that's, know depending on whether you get aims or whether you get lucky yeah. or yeah mm -hmm. and there are lots of cards so another pro is that it is very universal there's lots of cards to fix its its few flaws things like link targeting array hammer pilots its hard points mm. are also another pro so we're, we're going up here mm -hmm. it's cons cost cost like that's the the biggest one is its cost right and, and not yep. just not just the cost of like the the model itself right in terms of well i didn't mean the money cost but i meant the like it is it is the cheapest yeah right hey look at the silver lining of the price hike <laughs> now the atst looks great lads um but not not just the cost of like to put it in your army but like the opportunity cost of like how much other stuff you could have bought for that yes mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's literally a quarter of the army right that's a hefty chunk that's a chunk um i think you had a, like a really good comment where you're talking about that sort of average scenario yeah so i mean it's pros is a consistent damage it's con is it doesn't do an amazing amount of damage so if you want yeah. something wiped out in the one round in that crucial round the atsd is probably not going to do it for you yeah it, it does suffer from that non-pierce like all non-pierce uh weapons it does mm -hmm. suffer from that damage not actually coming through right mm -hmm. so so no pierce no unless you have the mortar not the mortar the um mm -hmm. the grenade launcher it, it doesn't it doesn't ignore cover well it, mm -hmm. based on line of sight it would provided you've got the actual if you can see the whole model it does it ignores the cover right but assume like it's behind i don't know like a barricade you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so one one pro we forgot to mention is um it's amazing armor killer you right, know, so it has oh, PS3 against armor. Well, we, we PS3? Sorry, no. I was going to say, wow, no, it is a lot exactly. better than I remember. <laughs> not exactly in the same way as PS, but you know what I mean. It, it turns, uh, turns, you know, it gets three um, crits. Yeah. Yeah. And with like a pretty decent side gun can have impact four, right? Like it's, it's not like you feel crazy for taking that side gun. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the, the, the other pro for it, I guess, it's not really a con. The things you add to That would be it. the definition of a pro, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it doesn't make you feel bad. Well, it could be average. average. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very average when you have to add more things to an already expensive unit, but adding those things doesn't make you go, oh shit, that's a super feels bad moment that I've got to add in a X, Y, and Z. It's a super feels bad moment that I have to add Saber Throw to my Vader because he doesn't have a ranged weapon. It's a super... Really, we, we really differ on what is a super feels bad. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, I'll take that back and go, old Vader, 210 points, and you've got to throw an extra 15 points into him. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty feels bad. Yeah. I still, no, I'm lying. I'd still do it. <laughs> oh, I, I would have done, done him every day of the week. But... Yeah. You'd still do it, but you're like, well, yeah, then I'm missing out on a DLT yeah. or yeah. I'm missing out on a something else. You don't feel that when you add the things to the ATST because bar the hammer pilot or link targeting array, because you're not really going to give it HQ uplink, you can no. pretty much guarantee it's going to get its order when you need it. Everything you add to it is it feels good. Is it is it I'm giving it more weapons, I'm yeah. giving it more abilities, I'm giving it synergized more. upgrades. Yeah. Uh, what are some more cons? 
I think it's that fact, like, I think it sort of comes back to that point that you make about, you know, sort of the average damage not being as punchy as, as you would like it all the time is the fact that it's like a viable strategy to do straight up ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yep. If, you could, if you ignore it, it's not going to hurt as much as you, as, you know, it's not going to wipe a unit off the board. So if something gets left in the open, oh, well, whoops, it should, it, it'll most likely survive. Yeah. Like but you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have that, like, if your opponent has, say, Vader, you, you, you know, assuming that they haven't misdeployed them completely, you can't just be like, well, I'll just ignore Vader, it'll be fine. Like, <laughs> I think another con is, it um, is uh, it's, it's so visible, you know, so if you if you want it, it not to be shot at, if you want it to get cover, it's pretty much impossible. Oh, the um, only it's tank, both pro and a con. The yeah. only tank that doesn't suffer from being too visible, the only tank is the gap tank. The, right. the literal transport, which is so low to the ground that most buildings obscure it. And yeah. only, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. much obscured by a barricade. Yeah, yeah it's so a pretty universal gap, con for yeah, vehicles. It's a universal con for vehicles. It's... That's as much a pro as it is a con because of the way that you look at line of sight specifically from the ATST, which is written to the rulebook. Right. So you look at it from the front of the top of the model as opposed to, say, head height. Yeah. And, we, and you would say that even, you know, excluding the gav tank, right, all the, other, all the other vehicles tend to have the same problem, but none of them have the pro in the way that the ATST does, right? Like, I've had plenty of times where you can, you can totally hit the you know the crap out of like a like an AAT or a saber or something, but it might not necessarily be able to see you. Where the ATST, I don't, I can't. There's very few times where you could see it and it can't see you, right? Mm-hmm. The the downside of having tables with not a lot of really tall terrain for most players is the ATST generally goes well. I can see over almost every building unless you're crouched behind it on one side and I'm on the other. Right. So the advantages of uh, the Eye of Sauron is you can see everything, mm. and the disadvantages of the Eye of Sauron is everybody it, it knows where it is. is. It can be seen <laughs> by everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where to go to drop the ring? Yeah. I mean, it is that massive eye. So, yeah. You know, want to be there to. Yeah, you want to get around it. So, what advice would we give to players looking to use the unit on how to leverage it most effectively? Because I think we it uh, needs I, to saturate its target priority correctly so when i say that i mean when you see your opponent's list mm-hmm. you need to pick what units you're going to fight which means that when you're deploying it you're deploying closest to the units you want dead first right every time mm-hmm. so if they've got tontons and you want to kill the tontons first i mean why the fuck wouldn't you if they've got two units of tontons baby if you can hit both those units of tontons in two turns that's paid its atst off and you've still got two turns to shoot at something else that's 200 points. Man, if you're killing two units of Tauntauns in one turn, in, like one turn after the other, I'm impressed with your dice. <laughs> like that's, that's a little wild. <laughs> um, but no, but the general I, principle I agree with. Yes, If you've got two turns to kill a Tauntaun unit and you can do that twice in a game, you've still got two turns left. Totally. Left. So totally. yes, at four turns you could kill two units of tauntauns and then continue and your main your main point to our prospective atst players is you know your target priority needs to be appropriate yes and and really you should be looking to target high value targets right high value or high threat targets right exactly so death troopers tauntauns atrts anything that's going to provide max damage 
with minimum output from it mm. into your trooper lines. Right. So, yeah. And I sort of based on... Because we've had a lot of discussion about you, your time at CanCon. So, Except the club? Yeah, yeah across, <laughs> across our uh, friendship, right? Um, so Because I, I, I also feel like... You know, One as a big thing we forgot to mention, and this is a pro, it provides light cover to units walking behind it. That's true. Which can shoot through its legs. It's true. So mm-hmm. a valid tactic which will reset the clock, use this at CanCon. Um, <laughs> my final player, I feel really sorry for him. If you're running something like Bosk, who needs some cover, it is a fucking walking cover piece. And you can stand in the notch and go, I have clear line of sight through this. Crits don't give a shit. You can eat my suppressive pierce gun at range four, while the ATSD fucks you up as well. Thought he was gonna go say something else. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say so, and so you know, sort of backing up your point about target priority, and also there is a good point about giving it, like you know, being the walking cover that it is. Um, based on what you talked about, your experiences, it seemed to me, generally speaking, the only time you would hit trooper units was if there was nothing else available, right? Yeah. Or if they needed to die because they were like holding if, a box. If or they were doing something I needed stopped. Stops. Yeah, correct. If they were going to do something I needed stopped, that's your target priority swaps from kill the biggest unit to disruption. Right. I think the ATST is a hundred percent a disruption unit more than it is a I need to kill that unit right now, dead, every turn, because it's not going to do it. But if you wipe out say your your example of having five guys in a unit and three of them die, or six guys in a unit and three of them die, you're going to think twice about using that unit to claim an objective, move up to that evaporator, do something with that unit. Mm. So its threat range is now effectively back where it's supposed to be. I've fucked that unit. That unit's not going to try and do what it wants to do. Or if you are, you're going to think twice about it because, you know, another unit can shoot them and then it becomes a less effective unit again and then a less effective unit again. I think saying that it won't kill enough models in a turn unless I'm firing B1s, which if the ATSD is firing at B1s, fuck me. You done goofed. Yeah. You done goofed. You played into my, congratulations, you activated my trap card if you're firing at my B1s. It's the, uh, that moment where you're like, holy shit, he's got six units of B1s in Grievous. Yes. And, and Grievous is hiding behind a building. What the fuck do I shoot at? I'm going to shoot at B1s. You should kill at least five of the fucking things. You should, but you don't always. I feel like I've seen this before on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel I think, like I've played this before. <laughs> I think another piece of advice for how to run ATSTs, um, you got to plan out how you're going to move it. Mm. So uh, its movement um, is pretty hard, right? So it is speed the, the, two. So it, does... it is speed two. It is fast on a huge base. Um, it can get caught in terrain, you know, yes. impassable terrain. You think you're going to be able to walk through that when you put that huge R space uh, so next to it, you find out you can't. With the exception of the ATRT, it has this pro- and it has this problem less than all other tanks, all other tanks. Because it, of its height again. No, no, with the ATRT. So the ATRT has a smaller base. Yeah. But the Sabre, the LAAT, oh sorry, the Sabre and the AAT, and they keep calling it the LAT, but it's not. Yeah, um, have those massive fucking plates. True. They are even bigger than the ATST base. So they are going to get terrain problems a lot more often. Mm-hmm. The GAB tank suffers from not being able to turn because it is a fucking sausage base. Yeah. It is. It's a little dash hound of Legion. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't see enough of them. Yeah. Like, it, 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 Probably for a reason. Yeah. 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 
It, it, it should have been the trash unit that we talked about. No, see, but we want to talk about, like, trash units. We don't want to talk about, like, in the garbage on Gap fire. Tank is, <laughs> Gap Tank's not in the garbage. No, I know, but I mean, we brought up the T-47 enough, right? Yeah, yeah but we like us talking about us in comparison to 5th Trooper, we brought up the T-47 versus the ATST. <laughs> bravo, sir, bravo. So, when you're playing armor when you're playing vehicles uh you you gotta plan out uh, the movement for yeah. your vehicles well so vehicles um, can walk over anything that is half their height or less so the atst generally doesn't suffer from the problem of stepping over a building in so the in the same way in the same way that all yeah. other tanks do so luke was getting to that part but i was talking about the actual base sizes being the when people place terrain the base size itself normally fits between most buildings so mm-hmm. you don't normally have that issue and if there is a building that you can't really step across you can generally walk around it mm-hmm. the the major ones the major drawbacks are really the po- are the points like it's well it's not mm-hmm. but see that wasn't he wasn't really putting that as a kind he was saying just something to be mindful of is, yeah. is mm-hmm. the, the mo- your movement plan yeah. like what you're playing and, the, yeah and, and also when you're moving it um, don't displace your own units right yeah, which well, uh, means your opponent again, can change uh, where they're placed and remember, they get a suppression can't, you can't walk through emplacement troopers yeah mm-hmm. or creature troopers so mm-hmm. if you are using a tank I mean which just seems fundamentally stupid yeah now that I think about it yeah. <laughs> oh no I can't step on the little e-web oh god heavens like, I can't what? step on that mortar unit yeah oh <laughs> shit although fun thing I know, I found out and I'll, I'll tangent a little bit here you know you can't pull wounds off an e-web or a mortar because medical droids say non-emplacement troopers. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Learn that fact recently. There you go. The more you know. Yeah, yeah, across yeah. the... <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah, I, was... I, didn't, I didn't know that. Well, it's we're clearly because we're trash. That's the, <laughs> that's the fundamental answer. <laughs> uh, okay, so so target priority. Uh, you know, plan out your movement. I'll, I'll throw in my advice. I think with... I think, for me anyway, for these sorts of units where they're sort of that, you know, that big fire base, uh, I really think a lot of the time it's more about the implication of danger... Um, yes. Than it is necessarily the application of the danger, and so my advice would be to as much as possible delay. Like unless you have like a really obvious target where you're like, no, no, no I want to shoot this thing right now, like it, top of it, the turn. It, it's a la- It's either a, a last activation or a last firsting activation. Yeah, correct. And and especially like I would say in the early portions of the game, you want to have it. You want to give it an order just so that you can hold it back and therefore cause the maximum amount of disruption just by existing. Yeah. Right? So what would you pair your ATST with? I think if I, I think like 100%, yeah, like, because I was going to roll into my next point of, uh, I think ATST is best friend. You can have him with other stuff, but best friend is Veers. Yeah. They're like BFFLs, yep. right? Like I, I think the Veers gun line definitely plays into either one. I'm a little hard pressed to say two ATSTs. Yeah, I think just one. I, I think you can I've seen it done, a nine activation list with using the shore troopers at bare bones, mortars yeah, but... and and two ATSTs. But you are sinking a, half your army into twenty four yeah. wounds. It's twenty four hard to kill wounds, but I don't think that they make enough points back when you're using two. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I but I think yeah, I think Viz is like the obvious commander choice and I, I think the real reason is because obviously these are just so good because you know if you get the timing right, you just you spot a. It's, it's all those aims. It's all those aims, right? Because then that makes the the eye of Sauron even more effective, right? Because if you go, I have an aimed, I have an aim from spotter. I'm already in range because I'm range four. So here's the the part where you go, 
what's that three pip card that the the three pip generic card that comes in the officer box the coordinated fire coordinated fire yeah so if you're not running veers coordinated fire is definitely a card you throw in hand when you're running an ATST because those trooper units getting free aims to begin with so Shore Troopers? Yeah, so you can feed it. You, you, you feed it the aim. So yeah. that's the, the trick with Bosque. Everyone says he's lying in wait. I say use coordinated fire because you're going to have fucking troopers. They're going to be at range two of your Bosque. Same rule with the ATST. Mm. And and in armies like the one I took to, uh, to Moab and Cancon. Reset the clock. Yeah. I swear that's going to become like our new fleet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a siren or something every time we Cancon. Um, but... At events like that, when you're running, there were lots of armies that were running those those shorelines. Mm. You can go, people running lying in wait instead of saying coordinated fire were missing out on that opportunity to just go, cool, well, I don't have to worry about aiming. So then my action economy on my tank is a move and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I Yeah, well, I think that's a good point, right? Is that if you can, if you have a way, you should like, ideally in your list, you should have a way to feed it aims. Because that makes the IFR run much more effective, right? You're getting much more bang for your buck. Yeah. So either link targeting array or, or coordinated fire or... Or like a spotter. Because like, it doesn't even have to be theirs anymore, right? You could give someone the, the binoculars or whatever that, so they get spotter one, you know what I mean? So oh, there, there's just ways to do it. Yeah. Obviously, theirs is like best, best baby boy for life for the ATST, but... <laughs> spotter three. Yeah. Um, with the binoculars. All, all the cards you don't take with it, General Weiss. Yeah, no. You don't need him. He, he comes in the box. Arsenal 4 is fucking stupid. You're never going to use it. You could give me a points reduction, right? Like, like, like General Weiss, like it would be like, you know, if you slap on General Weiss... He takes 10 points. He takes 10, points, 10 points off the ATSD, and I would still be like, no, thank you, I'm taking the Imperial Hammers pilot. I don't even care, it costs 20 points more now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah. Put him in the bin. If you're going to trash anything out of that box, put General Weiss... I, I took Weiss to uh, King Kong 2019. How'd that go for you? Just saying. Reset the clock. Yeah, how'd that, how'd that go for you, though? It's probably one of the key reasons why I think ATSD is trash. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're saying it was a user error. That you were trash. Yes. Not yes. it. <laughs> the, um, yeah. You left out that little dead bit, didn't you? Hey, <laughs> look. Yeah. You know, Arsenal so, 4, you get to shoot four guns, what, you know, you get to play guns? the ATST. Yeah, yeah, you realise that you've actually got to then put 50 points worth of guns on the fucking thing to shoot four guns, right? It's brilliant. It's a brilliant plan. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, the it only like time, a good idea at the time. The only time Arsenal 4 is ever handy is when somebody has actually got the balls to run up and charge you. And then you can step on them while shooting something else. I low-key now want to run a stupid General Weiss for like four gun and just be like, you know, like, like just like the kid in the OK Corral just like, hey, everyone gets one. <laughs> Hashtag next bat rep. <laughs> no, see, but I like to win, so. <laughs> well, it was a Weiss. You just do like the jankiest loops you can come up with. True facts. Weiss ATST, Veers, six no troopers. If you can fit that all in, that would be fun. You definitely can, and that would be amazing. That would actually be a pretty good army. (laughs) And you wonder why people go, it's nice to have Jeremy on as a novice player. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, six snow troopers have action economy. Uh huh. Go on. They can aim and walk and shoot. They can aim and walk and shoot. In the same activation. Okay. That is true. Yes. So remember that they're not limited. Even though they're limited by their range one, they're not limited 
by the uh, the two actions. True. Because of their their keyword. Uh huh. Steady. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ATST. Being, Go on. <laughs> but look, it, it's not the best list, but it would be. It's not shit. It's it's not absolute garbage. I would say that kind of a list would actually have working components. If a person who knew what they were doing with each unit was behind it, they could do things with it. That's like. That's like, we could talk about, you know, they'd be like taking a broken down car and be like, yeah, but the headlights still work. Though, right? <laughs> Some of the components are working. You can still indicate. <laughs> <Hey>? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be sitting there in Cancun I'm like, so that army does. <laughs> like, look at my indicator. It's going. <laughs> one thing you said that pairs well uh-huh. for Veers and the ATST in that kind of an instance mm-hmm. is that you need Veers to give the aims, right? Right. The rest of the army doesn't need Veers to be around to do that kind of shit. Totally. It can, it can do what it needs to do. I hear you. Go on. No, I, do, I hear you. Yeah. I don't think anything more needs to be said. <laughs> He's like, I respect your opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to run it once at least. But probably not on the uh, I, I will, MOTF. Uh, I will lend rip. you all of the snowtroopers so we can run it on MOTF. Yeah. It's just, uh, you, you run on MOTF. <laughs> I, I did run all the snowtroopers on the MOTF channel. And how did that pan out? <laughs> Fuck you. And actually... It was the day you became his nemesis. <laughs> no, he's not my nemesis. <laughs> you have to put up a good fight to be a nemesis. The disrespect from fame. Wow. I mean, just, it's accurate. So, so no. what, what events have you even placed in? <laughs> uh, Moab? Third? Idu. I mean, you know, Peter Lyons came first at that event, so what do you want me to say about that? But he's a good player. <laughs> I love those moments where you're like, ah, shit, my trash talk didn't work. Because <laughs> there's a trash talker. I've been there, fam. I've been there. <laughs> I feel that you're like, oh, fuck, he did come third at that. Oh, well, fuck. I, don't, I, I didn't even remember where he placed there, honestly. I feel like for our second season, we need to talk about me placing it at Moab third for, like, so the on. whole season. That means Just for a change of pace. I haven't actually placed at an event. Because neither of us have come first or second. Yeah, well... That, that, shut up, Luke. That checks out. Top three, right? <laughs> shut, shut up, so, idiot that borrows my army, my models, and then goes and wins with it. I'm just right. saying, so if Correct. your logic then, so should we trash your ticket to Wells? Fuck off. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. This has been a wild ride. <laughs> Alright, uh, so... Uh, so we've talked about uh, ATSD a lot uh, mm. today. What so, are we talking about next week? Next um, fortnight? Uh, maybe the uh, maybe the snowtroopers. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the, the T forty seven. Maybe the listeners can yeah, decide. What a know, great idea! Yeah. Let us know what you would like us to talk about. You know, aside from CanCon, Moab, <laughs> <laughs> wedding, or, uh, dysfunctional relationships <laughs> with each other. <laughs> uh, drop a comment below. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, democracy rules the the most popular choice we'll we'll talk about next episode how's that so so guys it's it's great to be back uh, uh, despite all the, all the shit talk that uh, despite, went I think that's part today. of why it's great to be yeah, back it's great to be back we miss the shit talk yeah, it is part of our DNA. 
It's un- completely uncensored now, except for that one Easter I'm egg of a belief <laughs> that Kara's going to put in. Luke is now actually going to listen to the whole episode to try and find the fucking... Well, I mean, you, you say that like it's like a real, like, oh, how dare you not listen. I, I lived it, right? Like, I don't need deja vu. <laughs> at, at some point, we will go back and review season one. Oh, that'll be a, that'll be a fun prepared for an ride. extra episode that week. <laughs> or that fortnight. <laughs> Alright guys, uh, it's uh, it's been fun uh, coming back uh, for season two. Uh, hope you've had uh, fun as well. And uh, until next episode, uh, I am Senior Exhaust Port Designer Fang with my co-host. Support Officer Cooper. And Intel Officer Luke. May all your roles be crits. If you like this podcast, please follow our Facebook page by searching We Are Legion Podcast and subscribe to the show via your favourite podcast platform. Voiceover and post-production by General Kara Organa. This has been a Master of the Force production. And now for something completely different. And put into the bloopers. Paying attention. (laughs) I'm paying attention. (laughs) I'm the one that's meant to have ADHD at this table. (laughs) Hey, look, you both got up and walked off. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but I really needed to pee. <laughs> Quite late. <laughs> Did you I want to go on with that too. point? Or? No, no, I think that was, that was a con. That was enough yeah, of a yeah. con.